0: I want to take us to uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It's really uh, interesting. This is the Bible. Every time I read it on our daily reading, I can't, I can't believe that. How could this be so personal for this moment? How could this be so pertinent to this moment? Corporately, internationally, or just internally in my little heart. But it is because it's a living Bible. It's never never limited by man's consciousness. It's Holy Spirit's breath, and Holy Spirit can breathe over any part of it, and it's it's amazing. Well, So is the way he often uh, leads us in our preparation. Uh, I put this King of Glory title two weeks ago because I just felt like this would be the, the focus after we came out of the feast, the King of Glory. And I've been meditating for uh, at least three weeks about our house of prayer for all nations and what the Lord was going to do. And the call, I think he has to, to bring up the intercessors forward for the purposes he has to accomplish on the earth today. So last Sunday after service, I was sharing with Cammy in the afternoon. I said, I really now have felt the will. The Lord says it's time to do Wednesday evenings to be a night of intercession for nations, our nation, and for the awakening of the church through 19 2024 so that we can fully be used in the hand of God to direct the course of the earth. Peoples, nations, tribes, and tongues, outcomes. Not a political prayer, a heart prayer. God turns all hearts of all people are in his hands. We don't have to change people to change the course. We just have to change the course of people. We go to the culture, the culture then dictates a new working. So that's why the awakening becomes a really key part. Any case, I had set aside Second Chronicles 20 uh, to, to go to that because it's, for me, a very personal uh, template. What I see is going to grow, and I hope to share the things that I've learned over time and I've learned so much recently, of how prayer becomes fruitful and effective, and we can alter courses and just start to agree with heaven and come into the place of union. One of the things that I want to uh, bring about is for us, this is, this is, the, this is the playbook. All you got to do is pray this book, and when you pray the book that he wants to pray over, he doesn't care who the people are you praying over. They will respond. They will respond to the truth in God's word. And you don't get snagged by the circumstances. And better yet, not by the personalities. I, I re- I'm going through Psalms the 22nd time in these last two years. I read them to give me courage every day and to worship God with. And I was amazed two years ago when we began, I began reading Psalms. We started together. That David, who writes the majority of them and faced with many adversaries, many, many people that tried to displace and remove him, he never mentions a man's personal name. I took that to heart. I thought, hmm, you don't have to know. God knows who you're praying about. And it's universal. He's after hearts into submission, and he wants to bring hearts back to him. And today is a sad day, in our reading, because in Second Kings chapter 17 we watch Israel, be obliterated, out of the land of Samaria. The ten tribes are taken captive and dispersed into northern Persia, Babylon, and a whole other group of exiles from other lands are placed inside Samaria. And if the the, the end discussion of like the epilogue of the story of Israel. And there's still Judah, and we're going to follow Judah for another under 200 years. But the epilogue of Israel is why all this had to happen, how they forced God into this position. And it's really heartbreaking, but it's also uh, sober- sobering. And what is coming for the sake of our help is the fear of God so that we are a people that are more afraid of God than we are of man and not concerned about what man can do, but wanting to just trust God and and respond to him. And so there are things that we can learn. One of the keys, and we'll see it in this illustration. I won't take long because we're going to, I really believe the Lord says, I've raised you up for this purpose. This is why I raised this church, gave it a call for house of prayer, and why I've trained you in all the ways I've trained you is now is the time. And I believe he's going to send us a bunch of intercessors. And I believe a bunch of intercessors that are currently, you know, sidelined are going to awaken. You know, right now in Israel, all the reservists have been called up to duty. We have friends there whose children are called been, you know, are in the reserves. Now they're back online. Well, that's how God works in the middle of a war. He calls those who are capable into the, into the conflict. And so an intercessor, we'll talk about that more next week, But the purpose of intercession is to move things into the direction that God wants them to be in, Christ has ordained them to be in, and that the devil doesn't want them to be in, and to come in behalf of the people who can't get there on their own. And so um, I'm excited. I really am excited about, we've been practicing prayer during the the, uh, Wednesdays. We came back into the building, First thing we were given permission to do as we sought the Lord to follow him, not follow God, not follow man's, not follow dictates, not be in rebellion, not be in protest, but just be in, he said, you come in pray. That's why I want you in here first. And so we've been praying 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I thank you all for doing so. And some of you I know cannot be here, but you make a point during the day to fast, to pray, to set aside time. And we're going to change the title now for intercession. We're going to call, instead of prayer watches, I think we've elevated to a new place. It's not like an elevation of promotion. It's an elevation of identification to a, a world that desperately needs God. And God wants to desperately reach into awakening the church to come alive, to come rise from the dead, and for Christ to shine in us, and to move all circumstances in step with God's will, and not out of his will, and not escalated, but neither... Uh, uh, frightened by anything. Because the, the reason peace is our defense, Philippians 1 tells us that if we are not terrified by our adversaries, it's two signs. It's first a sign of our deliverance, and the second is the sign of their destruction. And that So we're, we're learning to come inside of Christ. Everything we do is from the position of in Christ. We do not pray from the earth. We pray from the throne room. But we don't pray just what we think. The throne room once prayed, or what we'd like the throne room to do, we pray the prayer of Jesus. That's why abiding in Jesus, His words abiding in us, gives us the authority to ask anything, and it's done for us. So the the the, the opportunity to hold a place of victory. So Jesus is the Lord of glory over Israel right now, right at this moment. And if I pray from that position of truth and agreement then I can pray how he would have me pray concerning the circumstances and decisions made and the, and, the, and the conflicts that people are in and move from the resource of heaven. And this is a perfect template. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, begin verse 1, it's, it, it's affecting everywhere. Uh, there's nothing that runs outside. So it begins by saying, it happened after this, and that after this is in chapter 19, which is really a powerful chapter, that the people of Moab, with the people of Ammon, and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle east against, each against Jehoshaphat. These are Israel's cousins. Uh, Ammon and Moab are the children of Lot and his two daughters, and Uh, The Ammonites will later be uh, recognized as Mount Seir, which are the Edomites, which are the descendants of Esau. So all have connection to Abraham, and therefore they all were given uh, protection by God. Even though they were unwilling to submit to God, they were not to be taken and destroyed by Israel, which is kind of like, in a way, America is. We're all a bunch of cousins. And God often says in tight relationships, you can't be the vengeance. And you can't correct the, the error. Only I can. And I look for a heart and we'll grow that. But he goes on now, so we'll, we'll build on that. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is En Gedi. Uh, en Gedi was the place David hid. It was, it's right by the Dead Sea. It's right on the ascent, uh, re- ascent up to Jerusalem. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Je- Jehoshaphat feared. That's usually where real prayer begins, when you recognize there's an emergency emerging. There's something that's beyond my ability to navigate. And then when fear comes, we can fall apart. Or he set himself positions up to seek the Lord. So he's seeking the Lord. And he proclaims a fast. So everybody, this is, it's time to separate and get out of all the duties you're doing. Let's come and seek the Lord. So Judah gathered together to ask help. That's not right. They gathered together to seek. Same Hebrew word as the seek on the, the verse before and the one that's going to follow. They gathered together to seek the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. Where did they gather? They gathered at the point of worship, the place that they built in a city to a place for people to come to seek out God's intervention, help. And he said, beautiful prayer, O Lord God of our fathers, you are God in heaven and you do rule over the kingdoms. I'm taking the knots because that's kind of it's, it's not a doubt prayer. You look in your concordance, the knots are not there. So, O oh God of our fathers, you are God in heaven, and you do rule over the kingdoms of the nations, and in your hand there is power and might so that no one is able to withstand. This is imperative that we, the believing church, pray from the victory of Jesus Christ. The position of where he possesses and who he is and the unlimitedness of what God can do because of him. And that's what they're doing as they establish who God is, how big you are. Are you, you are God who drove out the inhabitants of the land before your people, Israel, and you gave it to your descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. So no matter what the media says or people say or jealousy breeds, Israel has been given to Israel. And it will not be taken from them again. It's just the posture and this war probably just going to have to really work its way out. But it's going to be successful, and we're going to be a partner of letting God have his continued access to the, to the point. May many hearts return. May, may even the sons of Ishmael stand before the Lord and begin to call upon the Lord. But that part... He's establishing covenant. God is able. Now, here's a covenant. You did this for your friend, for his seed, for his descendants. And they dwell in it. Israel dwells there. And they have built you a sanctuary in it for your namesake. This was the central part of a community, of a nation, was to have a point of worship, a set path of worship. Because that's the identification of a people. If without the presence of God, then we're just like everybody else. Without the name of Jesus, we're just like anybody else. So they built the sanctuary. If disaster comes upon us, and this is the prayer of Solomon in Second Chronicles, chapter six and chapter seven, the father's answer response. He says, "If disaster comes upon us, sword, famine, judgment, pestilence, we will stand before this temple, and in your presence." your name is in this temple. To stand before is we're going to stand in the face. This is the connect, this is the point to which we have been now given where we rally here to you to be heard by you. We rally here to you and we're going to stand before you And because your name's here and we cry out to you in our affliction. And be honest in our position. If you will hear and save, that promise has not been rescinded. It's been in, in, enlarged because now someone greater than the temple came the son of man and someone greater than the earthly temple that the temple in heaven has been purified and there our Lord sits at the right hand of God on my high. and when we come to God we come through him he's over us and he hears us and there's, there's no separation So the key of prayer is praying from what has been accomplished by Father in the Son to whom he's now declaring that through his intercession to be seen and realized. He's a king, and he's a priest, and so we're we're here, and... We're here because their circumstances are going out of control. They're out of, out of the realm of man. We, we'd like to fix them. We're trying to fix them. Everybody's doing the best they know how, but it's not fixing. So it's time for us to come to you, the only one who can fix it. It's just, that's the posture. That's the promise. You will hear, and then you're going to save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab. They're the children of Not and Mount Seir. That is the children of Esau or Edom. Whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt and they turned from them and did not destroy them. God has a lot of restraint that he demands of his people in obedience to him. And many times he will say to all of us and test all of us, is our heart wicked or is our heart submitted? Do we take matters into our own hands or do we defer for the Lord to have his outcome in the way he chooses to. Vengeance is his. Vengeance is his. And the last day's prayer movement recorded by Jesus in Luke 18 speaks to three issues that are very, very important and I can see in my own life continually for these last days. He says uh, he the prayer of the widow, which is, that she came to an unjust judge who would not listen to her and was not, did not believe in God and wasn't afraid of man. But she kept coming to him asking for vengeance to, to put things right. And he decided, the unjust judge, that even though he did not believe, believe in God, was not afraid of God, and did not fear man, he was going to answer her request. And then Jesus said, Do you hear what the unjust judge says? How much more will my father... When he hears his children cry out to him day and night, come and speedily answer them. And then there's a little phrase, though he bear with them long. All parables of, of, of Jesus to illustrate a principle of the kingdom is so that we are equipped when the circumstances happen to get to steal our to, to cause us to have a, a, a backbone in the middle of the fight. To bear with long means God's long suffering will always be being extended. He's always trying to decide, how can I save more? How can I wait longer? How can I give more opportunity? The history of Israel, the history then of Judah. In the prophets, you see the intent of God continually. I'm going to try one more time. I'm going to present the situation as it is one more time. I'm going to make the door of escape clear one more time. I'm going to call them to return to me one more time. No, I've already said I'm going to judge them. But maybe if they return, well, I don't want to judge them because I'm I don't believe in the judgment. I love mercy and I want to show mercy, and that's his heart, right? And so he's doing that. So. He wouldn't let him destroy. That's the parable of the widow, the the prayer of the widow. Jesus says, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Which means that delayed prayer is one of the causes for faith to fail. Faith disengages from the prayer that began because no longer is the outcome the way we saw it, and we just begin to disengage prayer. The widow could have walked away from that judge any day, and it never would have changed. But then the next prayer was to deal with, in the last days, men will trust in themselves that they are righteous and despise others. So an attitude of, dis, of, of self-righteousness and distrust. And we have shared that many times. The Pharisee goes to pray. The tax collector goes to pray. One prays, the Pharisee says, hey, I'm, I thank you I'm not like other men. And I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all. But, and I'm I'm not like that tax collector. I, he's a pitiful state. And the tax collector won't even lift up his head, but beats his breast and says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that man goes home justified by God. And the other hasn't even been heard by God. See, it's key to get heard. Not all prayer gets heard. It has to, uh, it has to be the posture of the heart and the name. And all. there's so much. But, the third prayer is, uh, sign of the dames, is the children, parents are trying to bring their children to Jesus, the little ones, to bless, and the disciples saying, that's not important. Get them out of here. And Jesus gets very upset, indignant. He says, no, no, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom is for these children. Let them come to me. So uh, I'm excited. Each time, I learn, each time I read that, I say, Lord, help me. Just pause, pause, pause. I got to stay engaged in prayer, even in the midst of delay. Delay means something better is coming as long as faith does not stop. Delay means better is coming as long as I do not pull my faith from the prayer. I can can stop the prayer anytime. No one will force me from heaven. But I can also pick it up if I dropped it. Thank God for that. (laughs) Thank God we can pick things up that we let go because everything is eternal. Gifts and callings of God are, are without repentance. So He goes on and he says, uh, I want to go back. Jehoshaphat is saying, uh, they would not, you wouldn't let us uh, destroy them. Verse uh, 10, now verse 11. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Isn't that cool? You know who owns Israel? God. You know whose possession the earth is? God's. It's his. We just said that. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And all the earth, your possession. But you gave it to us to inherit. Now they're going to reward us and throw us out. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. This multitude. But we... Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is a key to intercession. You don't come with an answer. You come with submission, with a heart seeking, and eyes looking, and waiting for the hear of the Lord speak. And when you hear the Lord speak, you get something we used to know, and it's coming back to the church. It's a witness. I know what God has just said. We now got the victory. We can stop the prayer. Let's go to praise. We do not repeat the prayer because the prayer has been heard. But until the prayer has been heard, until the witness, we have to let you know that we're standing here. Run me over with this. I'm not moving. You're my help. I'm not, I, I've got to stay here. And so the posture of the heart. So now all of Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord, standing is such an important part. Ephesians 6 tells us that that's the one thing we're going to be doing is to withstand to stand in the evil day. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. Asaph was one of David's key leaders in the tabernacle of David in worship that was instituted upon bringing the ark into uh, Jerusalem. And so the, uh, it says he came upon him, Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God, we have no answer to the earth today. He is the force. He's the one that's going to deal with all the problems. You say, well, why is he, how is he going to deal with them where I can't? How can I, what, what's my part? What, what, what do you mean? He's going to deal with the issues? Yeah. Jesus said, I'm going to send the Spirit. And he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He never said that you and I will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But it did say when the Spirit will convict. Why of sin? Because of their rebellion and refusal to believe in me. And he knows how to get a person's attention. Ask Saul of Tarsus. He knows how to stop somebody kicking against the goats. Because of righteousness, because I no longer are here, I will be there with the Father. I go to be the Father. So the standard of righteousness, the means to righteousness, the only way into righteousness through believing God's testimony of the resurrection, he'll convict the world of that. All of the arguments of men can just fall apart with one God-conscious moment. Now, trust me you can be the richest man, the most evil person, the most uh, unbelieving man. And all it takes is God to take the veil and put a little fear of God in your conscience. And you'll be crying like a baby seeking an altar to break down and weep for heaven's help. It's, it's recorded revivals. It's true awakenings. We read ne- Nehemiah 8. They read the Bible. Then they came into conviction. They started to weep. Weep, 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 because they saw how far they were from the gold standard. And then the priest could say, okay, from the weeping, from the brokenness, now let's start going into the rejoicing. And they moved into the Feast of Tabernacles. And judgment, because the ruler of this world's judged, he has no more authority to do what he's doing, but he's borrowing everyone's authority to keep doing what he's doing. He has been judged. Judge Jesus has destroyed him. That means he's put him as a non existent thing. He's just he he's 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 there, but he has no say over anything. Now, certainly, he's working in the sons of disobedience. Certainly, if we, we leave his lies, if we we accept what he's saying, he still is influencing, he's still a deceiver, he's still an accuser, he's still active, but he has no authority. He lost that, he has been judged by death was destroyed, through death, and oh, it's such a victory. But only the Holy Spirit can get that to us. And i got to be the first. See, because I, as a believer, I can have the world in me. John, in his first epistle, chapter 3, I believe, maybe 2, I think it's chapter 2, he said, do not love the world, nor the, neither the things that are of the world. For the lust, all that is of the world, is not of the Father the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And it is perishing and passing away. And whoever loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Again, what a convicting moment. Because if I'm in love with the world, longing for the world to be what I need it to be, want it to be, control it so it can't, I'm I'm not even enjoying the love the Father has. So, this powerful moment we're in. And they're in. And they positioned their heart. They humbled themselves. They went into prayer. They brought back the covenant before God. They set out the problem in front of God. And they said, now our eyes are on you. And so, all of a sudden, he says, listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid Nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. See, we're coming into the witness moment. We're coming into the sound of the Spirit speaking through a man that's recognized that this is indeed God the Spirit, God the Lord the Spirit, is saying, here's what we're going to do, and here's what I'm going to do. Tomorrow, go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight in this battle. That is not the right translation. I don't know why we have to have all these knots in this book, because they're not knots. He says literally to fight in this battle. Just take your Strong's Concordance, got it on your phone, and you'll find all the little italicized words or added words to help us hear it in a, in a fluent sound of English. They were added by the translators, and, and add them. But it, they were not a literal translation. So, to, the literal translation goes like this: To fight in this battle, position yourselves, stand, and see salvation. Position yourselves, stand, and see salvation. And you know, I, I just since you guys all love Israel and you know how who, Jesus' name in Israel. What do you think the name of salvation is in this uh, Hebrew word? Yeshua. See Yeshua. See salvation. Now, I'm, I personalize the scripture. I do not let this Bible be an information book. It's an access point. So, I, I've been pondering this. So, you have to stand, position yourself inside salvation, stand up inside salvation, and see salvation. That's that pulling yourself up back into truth. Abiding in Jesus Christ. His word abiding in us. We're standing here. All right. This is what, to fight in this battle, this is what you need to do. You need to position yourself inside salvation. You need to stand up inside salvation. And you need to see salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about that. That's, that's, that's you get that position. There's barely not, not much anything can stop that. Because you are, we are turning into the Lord. He says, this is... Um, Oh Judah, Jerusalem, don't be afraid or dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord is with you. But his fear is to be petrified, freaked out, and dismayed; is to be demoralized and to have a nervous breakdown. Don't go there, he said. This is what you do: get, in the, get into salvation, stand up in salvation, see salvation, and don't be fear and dismayed. And that's the battle. That's the internal. Until that thing is dis- de- dealt with, we are. We are in a war of positioning our heart fully aligned and resting. But thank God, the psalmist says, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. There's always a way out of fear. It's just to return to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know where or what to do at this moment, but I know who you are. I declare who you are is where I am. I don't know how to produce where you are, where I am, but I declare who you are is where I am. I am in your victory. And it's... When that begins to grow, you have the power of your words. Well, Jesus said, you can ask anything, anything you desire. It'll be done for you. And this is how my Father is going to be glorified because you'll bear much fruit. Answered prayer is fruit to the Father and proof that we're disciples. So uh, it, it's, the possibility is unlimited. I has not seen your ear heard. And we know that that we can't even know that according to the power that works within us, God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. And all because of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is the Godhead on the earth today who's looking for people to intercede through, to agree with the intercession of Jesus. The two people, that the, two, the personality of God. The, the, he's looking for, he has no way to pray unless he finds you or me. He's not praying, you know, in a closet. He has to have a body. It's like Jesus had a body. Now we are his body. And the possibility is unlimited. So they says, the Lord is with you. Now here, now go back to an old Pentecost. This is a real This nation's about to be annihilated. And they've had a prayer time. They've had covenant remembrance. They've they've come into the word. They didn't come into, oh, 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 sorrowful me. And this isn't fair. They came into the promise. They reminded God of the word. Now he steps up. Here he comes. Now the word is spoken. This is what you're going to do. You're going to step into salvation. You're going to stand up in it. You're going to see it. And don't be afraid and don't be dismayed because the Lord's with you. And what happens? Jehoshaphat bows his head with his face to the ground. This was convicting, convincing, faith-filled words that a whole nation changed from fear and we don't know what to do to now we're no longer afraid and we've been told what we're to do. And so they go, the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed down before the Lord worshiping. So everybody's First sound, the first sign of God speaking is not, ex, is is, is this holiness. He's stepping into the room. He's declared what he's going to do. This is going to be by the hand of God. This is God's hand. And so there's worship from the revelation. Worship back to God out of the revelation. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high, like Ali calling us to, pray, to raise the shout. The, the, when the truth is received and given back to God in worship and there's real exchange, then the next thing to do is raise the roof, is to praise the Lord, just to shout. And that tells all the adversaries, uh-oh, we just lost the battle. It's already over. These guys have been met by God, and God has met them, and they're now fully vested in this. So they rose early in the morning. No reason to sleep in. And they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, so they're, they're uh, putting in the military ranks, He says, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. And believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. So they are, they're now, they're fully vesting themselves into this word. Into this Lord they came to seek, to stand before his face, to call upon his name, and for the word he gave through his prophet, that now just go for it. You're gonna prosper. You're going to prosper. And when they had consulted, when he consulted with the people, so we don't know exactly how long that took, but he organized them. He pointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying. So he says, he says, okay, this is all about the Lord. And it's standing and seeing and, and, and we're going to sing salvation. We're going to, we're, going to, we're going to engage the praise. We're going to go face our enemy by facing God. In praise. So saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. God's favorite chorus. God's favorite chorus. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. And now, the next verse tells us how. The people of Ammon and Moab, the, they were brothers stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, their cousin, to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. Now, I believe we've been in a progressive revelation of this book for at least five years. And I believe next year, 2024, we go to this verse. This is a huge verse. It says when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness. I again New King James I love the book but sometimes it's weak. Old King James sometimes will pull a word that's a little harsher to hear because it's more it's the truth of what it was. The word place overlooking literally meant and in the Old King James outpost a military outpost. They came to the place. They were they weren't just they they came to the place and now all right we've been doing our, face, our eyes are on the Lord, but now it's time to go face the enemy in this moment. So let's take a look at what we've got to, what, what, where we are, where they are. And they had all dead bodies, all dead bodies, all dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. No one. In today's vernacular, with the kingdom of Christ, I believe that would be multitudes of people submitting to Jesus Christ and falling under the power of the Spirit, calling them into repentance. Saul's of Tarsus bowing down and saying, who are you? What do you want me to do? I, and just, but they're dead. And then Jehoshaphat came to take away their spoil. And of course, I don't know why, but your enemy always brings their wealth when they come to destroy you. Because <laughs> God wants to transfer the wealth. So they found them an abundance of valuables. Of the dead bodies and precious jewelry. And they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And now on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, a blessing. And they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the place was called the valley of Barakah until this day. And then they returned. To every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. How many can believe Jesus can do that for us today? Don't you? He can do that again in America, in Israel. He can move and deal with hearts and circumstance, situations, and wicked schemes and devices of men and annihilate the structures in the hearts or the structures on the earth. However, he knows how to do it if we just but start where he taught us to start. Yet Jesus, waiting, listening, they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments, harps, and trumpets, and to the house of the Lord. I saw this again this week. You've got to go back to where, the, where you heard the Lord. You've got to go back and give them the first fruits. You've got to remember where the victory came from. So they go to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on the kingdoms of those countries when they heard the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for God gave him rest all around. So, let's stand together. Every story is unique and every story is submitted to the story of Jesus Christ. And all we are doing in this hour, I believe, are being called by God to say, I need you as kings and priests to come into agreement with my king and priest to hear his voice to know his word to position yourself and stand now take a moment and i just really would you you were standing but now would you while you're standing stand inside of Jesus we're in Christ so stand in Christ Christ was in our heart by faith we're in Christ we're standing in Jesus. But not just the Jesus on the shores of the Galilee. But the Jesus that's now seated at the right hand of majesty. Triumphant. Healed. Saved. Stand inside salvation. Salvation extending to your family. Extending to our nation. To Israel. There's no limit how much we can stand inside salvation how far he can reach but stand there and see now see salvation see salvation fear and dismay and rob us of vision and take away hope but love is the reason hope does not go away God loves us and the love of God is poured in our heart we have hope See salvation. See salvation. See change. See God's ability beyond anything we know what to do. Stand and see. See. While you sing, begin to sing. We praise you, O Lord. We praise you for your mercy endures forever. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Oh, yes, we praise you. Your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Our eyes are on you, Lord. Our eyes are on you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you, for you are good you are good we praise you we praise you lord yes you are yes you are oh yes you are yes you are yeah you see we're doing it together we're stepping inside of the victor christ jesus the more than conqueror the triumphant one hallelujah praise you oh Oh, Shabbat. yes lord just stay in there for a moment Until the Lord begins to witness in your own spirit that he indeed is more than enough. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. That strong is the one who watches over not only Israel, but his living bride, his church. Strong is the Lord. I praise you. I praise you. You are good. You are good. I praise you. I praise you, mercy endures forever. I praise you, I praise you. For you are good, for you are good. I praise you, I praise you. Your mercy endures forever. I praise you, I praise you. For you are good, for you are good. I praise you, I praise you. Your mercy endures forever. I praise you, I praise you. You are good, for You are good. I praise You, I praise You, for Your mercy endures forever. You save me, You heal me, for You are good, for You are good. You, are good. you save me, You heal me, for Your sin goes forever. You save me, You heal me, for You are good, for You are good. You save me, You heal me, Your mercy endures forever. Now I want to bless, I want to release. We're not trying to get this all to connect in one moment. We'd be here for a few hours. But we are committed, I'm committed. The Lord, I feel, is charging us to do this for the next year, to learn the secrets of intercession from the great intercessor, our high priest, and the intercessor that is in our midst, the Holy Spirit, to accomplish for him what he wants accomplish for his for the glory of God. So I'm just going to bless you and I just tell you the victory is Jesus Christ and you are more than a triumph you're more than a conqueror and your faith overcomes the world and it doesn't everything that we see that looks like it's going to destroy us is coming up to the surface to be destroyed to be removed and to be dealt with and hearts to be liberated. so Father in Jesus name may we go out. May we in our secret place enter into your secret place. May we stand in the truth, in Christ, his words in us, in his love, and live inside his word until you shape us as a company of people fulfilling your purpose on earth so that nothing goes out of order, out of timing, or out of the intent of God to bring about a great victory. We declare that this hour for Israel will be for your establishing your fear over the land and rebuilding a people and going beyond. But Lord, train us up. Train us up. We declare this is the same for our families, for our children, for our businesses. It does not matter. You have a purpose in everything we're in and an outcome that's in Christ. And we're led in triumph. So we declare triumph to become visible in seeing salvation. We want to see salvation. See salvation in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Corporate prayer tomorrow. Wednesday night, six o'clock.